Coming up, Gideon says, I got a question. If God is with me, then why are all these things happening? And he knew God. He knew he grew up being taught about God. He tells us that. So it's not enough to just send your children to church <laughs> just to teach them about God. It, it's, when it says train on, it's talking about more than that. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. You wouldn't intentionally put yourself in harm's way, would you? Well, we do this spiritually every time we ignore our real enemy and leave the safety of God's presence. Join us for the message series, Maximum Security, where Pastor Rob discusses the various ways we can be spiritually secure and protected. Here's part two of the message, The Need for the Word of God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, talking about God. We're His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God, we, we, are the, we are the workmanship of God. And God uh, determined before he made us who we would be, what we should do, created us to do good works in Christ Jesus beforehand. But we'll let people tell us who we are created things tell us who we are and not let the creator tell us who we are look what proverbs 22 6 says it says start children off on the on the on the way they should go Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will turn from it. If you read the King James, it says, train up a child in the way they should go. Train them up. Start them off. Now, this is just not talking about general way they should go, the general things that they should do. You know, this is not just talking about making sure you take your kids to church and teaching them about God. It's, it's, that's general. Everybody should get that. It's, it's, it's talking about more than that. It's talking about specific ways that they should be trained up. Specific way that they should go. Okay. Not the general. Remember, God said that he beforehand determined some good works that we would do. Beforehand. And so uh, we, the Bible gives us some examples of some specific things that some people God made to do. Gives us some examples. And the problem is most of us have not been trained up like this, like the scripture is telling us to be trained up. Most of us have not. Uh, uh, many of us haven't, didn't grow up in, a, in, a, in the church, and then many of us that did grow up in the church didn't grow up with specific direction about ourselves. Being trained up, it was the general. We were just, we sat in the crowd, and we heard, everybody else heard. Did what everybody else did. 
But this is talking about more than that. Okay. It's talking about more than that. And it gives us some examples. Judges 6, 12 through 13 says this. And by the way, the, the who am I is the W in the acronym word. Who am I is the W. So Judges 6, 12 through 13 says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Stop right there for a minute. So many of us know the story of Gideon. And the angel comes to Gideon and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Okay. He told Gideon he was a, a mighty warrior, <laughs> right? And look how Gideon responds. Gideon says, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Y'all see this? <laughs> Gideon is questioning what God says about him. And it reads on. He goes on and says, where are all his wonders that our ancestor told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Y'all get this. Get the picture here. <laughs> the angel shows up to Gideon, calls him a mighty warrior, and tells him God is with you. Gideon's response was, it sure don't look like it and feel like it to me. Y'all get this. Gideon says, Gideon references what his ancestors have told him. So effectively, Gideon grew up in the church. Y'all get this. He grew up knowing the things of God. He talked about how they had come out of Egypt. He mentioned it. He said the ancestor told us he was told about all this stuff. He, so for us, for us, what that would equate to is someone who grew up in the church. In fact, their parents, one of their parents, might, their parents might be leaders in the church. Gideon says, I got a question. If God is with me, then why are all these things happening? And if you talk to some believers that have grown up in the church, you have run into some who have raised some questions like this, and they grew up in the church. So this, what this tells us is not enough just to tell your children about God, to teach them about God, to expose them to the church. That's not enough. Gideon right here is, is questioning whether or not God is really with him. And he knew God. He knew he grew up being taught about God. He tells us that. And he has concluded, 
even after being told about God, that God has abandoned me. Not only me, but all of us. So it's not enough to just send your children to church <laughs> or just to teach them about God. It's, when it says train up, it's talking about more than that. It's talking about more than that. I, um, I saw a, uh, a video my friend's daughter posted on Facebook. Uh, she posted a video of a, a regular exercise she conducts with her daughter, and I think her daughter is about three years old. And on the video, <laughs> on the video, she's driving in a car. Her daughter's in the back seat sitting in the car seat. And she says to her daughter, says, repeat after me. I can, I, I can do, and child says, I can do. <laughs> she says, all things. Child says, all things. She says, through Christ. Child says, through Christ. Then she says, that strengthens me. That strengthens me. <laughs> she says, I, I can do. She says it again. Child says, I can do. She says, all things. Child says, all things. She says, through Christ, she said, through Christ, that strengthens me. Who strengthens me? She said, who strengthens me? And then the child repeated, who strengthens me? And then she says, now make a muscle. And so the child made a muscle. <laughs> and she says, now that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And this is a regular exercise she do with her child. Uh, I, 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 I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. And she told her to make a muscle. She made a muscle and she said, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think Gideon could have benefited from that exercise. <laughs> all right, all right, because God called him a mighty warrior. And he didn't believe it. The very thing God created him to do, he didn't believe he could do it. I think Gideon could have benefited from the exercise <laughs> of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the Bible gives us some examples of people wrestling with who the creator said they were. And so we have to be creative about how we train our children up. It's not just enough to tell them about God and send them to church. We got to be creative. We want to make sure it gets into their spirit about who they are in Christ Jesus, who God made them to be, what God has called them to do. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that takes us to 
the second, second practical way that we can put the word of God to use. And this covers the O in word. Use it to override and overrule everything in your life. Use it to override and overrule everything in your life. Oh, oh yeah, Gideon could have used this. Look what happened, continued to happen in the story of Gideon. Judges 6, 14 through 16. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. I, am I not sending you? Am I not sending you? God says, go. I've already given you the strength to do it, mighty warrior. <laughs> go. I sent you. Gideon, who was from who knew the Lord, who knew the ways of God, who effectively for our day and time grew up in the church. God tells him to go. And look how he responds, verse 15. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Do y'all see this? Okay. It, it, it says train up a child. Look here. Gideon allowed, Gideon allowed other things, the we and not we ourselves, determine who he was. Right in the face of God telling him who he is. God says, no, you're a mighty warrior, and I made you to save Israel. Gideon said, how can it be? Everything else tells me I'm weak, and I believe it. That's what Gideon said. I can't do that. I'm the weakest in the clan. So he let his, he let his familial issues or his familial circumstances dictate who he was. When God says, no, you're a mighty warrior. He says, no, I'm weak. My, my, my clan is weak in the, in, in, with all the people. And in my family, I'm the least in my family. You, you must be talking to the wrong person, Gideon says. God says, no, I made you. I created you. You didn't create yourself. Your mama didn't even create you. <laughs> I made you. He allowed his familial circumstances dictate who he was. That's why we should let the word of God overrule and override everything in our life. Everything. He didn't do that. Gideon had to overcome the mindset of being weak. He had two, Gideon had two primary issues. And these things, these things were nurtured. 
They were nurtured things. These were nurtured mindsets. More than likely, if we trace back before all the stuff happened in Gideon's life that caused him to see himself as weak and, the, and least, if we would trace it back, we probably could find out that that thing that God, that it that God put in him, that he was a mighty warrior, probably showed itself at some point before nurture cut kicked in and began to change his mindset about himself. And now he sees himself as weak. He had to overcome that mindset. That was the first. The other mindset he had was that God was not with him. And that was a nurtured mindset. His circumstances dictated that too. I'm the weakest clan. I'm the least in my family. He, he accepted or believed it, and it got stuck in his head that that's who he was. Even when God said, no, that's, that's, that's not the truth. He couldn't let it go. He held on to that mindset. And they were, again, nurtured mindsets. And God had to do several miracles do y'all get this? God had to do several miracles to get him out of the mindset. <laughs> I want you to think about what has God had to do to change your mind about yourself? What has God had to do? God, God, God had to do miracles. That's how nurtured, how the nurtured mindset was gripped in his head. That's how strong it was. His, that was his two primary issues. He saw himself as weak, and he saw and he believed that God had abandoned him and his family and everybody. Nurtured mindsets. God did a bunch of miracles. But see, this also shows you the determination of our God the dedication of our God, the commitment of our God, that he, he, he made Gideon to be a mighty warrior, and he was determined that he would be that. And he did several miracles to make that happen. So his mindset would shift. Now, here's the problem, though. Most of us don't get those miracles. <laughs> we don't get them. <laughs> to change our mindsets. We don't get a miracle to change our mindset. Most people don't get that. <laughs> so what does that mean then? That, 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 what that, means? that means we need to get into our word. <laughs> we need to get closer to the creator. We need to know God more and better and deeper, the creator, so that we can begin to hear the creator tell us who we are. Don't wait for a miracle to happen for you to figure it out. Because chances are you won't get one. Most don't get it. You don't get the miracle. But we still got all of us have mindsets, though, <laughs> that were nurtured, that go against what God say we are. And so we got to get to know God better through his word 
so that those mindsets can be overruled and overwritten. The third practical way we should use the word of God, and it is the R in word. Let me read verse 16 of um, Gideon 6. After Gideon said, I'm the least in my family, verse 16 says, the Lord answered, I will be with you. You will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And even after God said all of that, that wasn't enough for Gideon. So here's the third practical way we can use God's word. And again, it's the R. Read and remember it. Read and remember it. Read and remember it. Proverbs 3.1a says, my son, don't forget my teaching. My son, don't forget my teaching. Now, in order to, for uh, the, the father to say, don't forget what I taught you, he had to have taught him. <laughs> and so in order for us not to forget it, we first got to know it. And he's saying, don't forget it. You need to remember it. You need to remember it. So what we ought to do, since the word of God is the sword of the spirit, we ought to give the spirit something to work with. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It tells us to take the word of God, the sword of the spirit up. So we need to get a spirit something to work with. That's, that's what we need. That's our job. Okay. We, we got to give it something to work with. Look what John 14, 26 says. This is Jesus talking. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of his words. That's if we read it, right, and we commit it to memory. And even at that, the scripture says the Spirit will remind us of it. So we got to read it and remember it, and then we got to take it up so the spirit will have something to work with. Here's the problem. Many of us aren't reading it like we should, nor are we remembering it like we should. So the spirit ain't got much to work with. Okay? <laughs> he ain't got much to work with. It's supposed to, be using, he's supposed to be using it to fight off the enemy for you, and we ain't giving him much to work with. He's on our team. Not only do we got to give him the ball, we got to give it, we got to give him the right stuff. And most of us, many of us, are walking around with a little bitty knife <laughs> as our sword. That's it. That's it. This is okay. We spirit want to do some work. He say, here you go, here you go. <laughs> give him that little bitty. 
A little something to work with. I, had, I used to have a knife that was even smaller than this. It, it went on a keychain. It, it was about a third of this size. And it was so small, I forgot I had it. And TSA took it. <laughs> Y'all understand? <laughs> I was getting on a plane. And I put, it, it was in my bag or on my key ring or something. And um, TSA took my little bitty knife. Right? It was how small it was. I forgot I had it. That's how many of us are with the word of God is that it's too, it's little. Spirit is like, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> we ain't read our Bible, ain't committing it to our heart, not staying in it, not doing nothing with it. And Spirit's like, what? You ain't giving them nothing to remind you of. You ain't read it. And then we wonder why we're not winning some battles. And gave the spirit much to work with. Forget about it. <laughs> we got to get the spirit something to work with. And then the, the last practical thing that we can do to use the word of God. And it's the, the D in word. And that is do it. Just do it. See, Nike don't get credit for that, y'all. God's been saying that since he created man. Do it. Do what I say. Just do it. He told, in fact, he, he basically said that to Cain. When Cain brought an unacceptable offering to him and Cain was all upset because God didn't accept it. And God said to Cain, if you would just do, just, just, just go back and do what I ask. It's all good. It's fine. Don't, you, ain't, you ain't got to be all huffy and puffy. But instead, Cain decided, you know what? I'm going to go kill my brother. That's what I'm going to do. And God says, just do it. Proverbs 3.1 goes on and says, um, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. That's what it says. Don't forget the teaching. Keep it in your heart. Anyway, the, the way that you're not going to forget it is to put it in your heart. That's how you're not going to forget it. <laughs> See, we, we, we try to keep it in our heads, you know, <laughs> or just... Intellectually, we just want to be intellectual about the about it. But no, it's more than that. No, you need to put it in your heart. Okay? Because what's in our heart is what we do. That's what we do. We do what was, we do. What's in our heart. Okay, and we fail at times to put God's word in our heart. Proverbs 23, 7a says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So we'll hear the word. We may even read it, but we don't commit it to our hearts. So then it doesn't get done. We don't do it. 
Psalms 111 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts, precepts is another word for God's word. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. So it's telling us that when we do God's word, something happens inside of us where we begin to understand it better. Yeah, we begin to understand it better because we, we do it. We practice it. And something happens. It's like riding a bicycle. It's like I can tell you and teach you about riding a bicycle, but until you get on one and actually ride it, you don't understand what it means to ride a bike. And the same is true for the word of God. You really don't really understand it until you do it. Until you do it. Look what James 1, 20 through, 22 through 25 says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, go away immediately, forgets what he looks like. Pause right there for a minute. It's telling us that you just read the word and you don't do it. It's giving us a metaphor here that you're like someone who looked in the mirror at yourself, saw who you were in the mirror. And it says immediately you forget what you just looked at. It's, it's not, we're not talking about three steps away or ten steps. Ten steps away, three steps. No, we're talking about immediately. As soon as you stop looking in the mirror, you turn. Now you forgot what you just looked at. That's what it's like when you read it and you hear it, but you don't do it. The scripture is telling us. So consequently, there's a lot of people walking around here who don't know who they are. They're living out somebody that God didn't make them to be. Because they've allowed other things other than the one who created them to tell them who they were. The text reads on verse 24 in James 1. After looking at himself, he goes away immediately, forgets what he looks like. 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So it's saying if you want what you bless, you want what you do to be blessed. You need to read God's word, hear God's word, and do God's word. So Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God.
You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. I'm wondering just how many professed believers, professed followers of Jesus Christ are doing what they can. You think about that. How many people who call themselves to be a worshiper of Christ, a follower of Christ, a lover of Christ, are doing what they can. Thank you for listening.